Hello everyone, Robbie here. I'm excited to announce my eighth novel, Death Rattle, is now available for pre-order. Here's a brief description. The newest residents of Fleet, Texas are out for blood. The town of Fleet, Texas is dying, and longtime resident Ebner Graves can only watch. Ebner grew up in Fleet, fought for it in Vietnam, grew old there, and now it's drying up. Until the addition of Sunny Meadows, a planned community on the city's outskirts. Built by foreign investor Oscar Fuchs, it's bringing wealth back into the area, and Fuchs wants more. He's buying up property all over town and making generous offers with old money. But Ebner's not buying it. Fuchs isn't what he seems. And Ebner won't see his town become something he hates. And then townsfolk start dying. Everyone who stood in the way of Fuchs all ripped apart in gruesome murder. Suspicious, Ebner sneaks into Sunny Meadows and finds the source of the killings. Vampires. Sunny Meadows is their den and Fuchs their master. Now Ebner must stop him before Fleet is bled dry. Death Rattle is available for pre-order now and releases on July 26th. It's The Lost Boys meets Walking Tall and the best thing I've written yet. I would love for you to pre-order it via the links in the show notes. Thank you and on to the show. everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. Uh, don't you love when something makes you a little bit mad, and then you get to a little further on, and it makes you way more mad than you even thought possible? Good times. This episode I doesn't really make me mad. I find that hard to believe, but I guess we'll figure out you know, why it makes me so much madder than it makes you. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a chill mood this week. I don't know. I'm going on vacation next weekend, so that might be it. Um, I am very interested about this episode. I think it's it, it's interesting. I have something things to talk about, but I'm not angry. Maybe not yeah. yet. You know, I'll talk to you. I'll get angry. Moment so assuredly. Yeah. Uh, That's the way these episodes work. Yeah. Uh, hi guys. Hello, folks. Um, people. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to Patreon.com/slash/The Simpson Show. Uh, for $2 a month, you gain access to all of our bonus material, a bunch of back podcasts, hundreds of hours of us reviewing lots of things and talking about The Simpsons and uh, getting to review these episodes with us. If you really want to inflict such pain um, upon yourself, it's right there. Appreciate everyone who supports us. This week's episode is Girls Just Want to Have Sums, episode HABF12, originally aired April 30th, 2006. Written by Matt Selman, directed by Nancy Cruz. I believe Matt Selman, yep, received a Writers Guild of America Award. Well, he nominated for a Writers Guild of America Award for Outstanding Writing and Animation. Uh, let's see what the other nominees were, Matt. I believe I've I've uh, I've touched on this prior, um, how little competition there was. Um, it's not even listed <laughs> It's not even listed on the on the main Wiki, Wikipedia page. No one gives a crap about animation uh, in the on the main Wikipedia page. Here we go. Two thousand six. Uh, this was nominated. Three Simpsons episodes were nominated. One King of the Hill episode and one episode of Life and Times of Juniper Lee. 
So four out of that? four out of the five nominations were all Fox properties. Three of them were The Simpsons. This one, Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore and Simpsons Christmas Stories. Oh boy, well, I can see why this one won. It didn't win. It was nominated. Um, the uh, oh wait, excuse me, uh, Matt. I missed it on the very obvious thing. It was it's highlighted in yellow. Four episodes of The Simpsons were nominated, uh, including the winner, which is, was the Italian Bob. Okay, uh, that makes more sense. Sorry, I thought you said one uh, award. Or so I did. Or, I misspoke. Okay, it was, it was nominated here. Italian Bob's also a very poorly written episode, so I have no idea why it won a Writers Guild Award. Probably because they had four Simpsons episodes. Because it's got Kelsey or... Grammer in it. Yes, they had Kel- that they that they were skilled at writing by saying Kelsey Grammer make these lines sound better than they are. Uh, exactly. This episode received a 5.1 rating with 8.7 8.7 million viewers. Uh, the couch gag, uh, the living room is dark, lights go up, and the character of uh, many characters yell surprise. It's a surprise party. Homer is overwhelmed, has a heart attack, and collapses. It's fine. It's fine. It's uh, it's all right. It's a couch gag. It's a couch gag. It's it's a perfectly okay. Um, this episode begins. Here, man, I'm going to, well, we can do this before we even get in the episode. You texted me early, early this morning, um, how this episode almost got it right. You're, you were something about two minutes before the end. They kind of fumble the ball, I believe is what you don't yes. say that. You don't say that directly. In much more colorful language. Yeah. You were a little bit upset than that, but I didn't say anything in return because, uh, I disagree with you because I don't think this episode almost had anything. I think this episode's a big muddled mess. Uh, that doesn't understand how to do parody or satire or anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I feel like this episode has a core good idea that, that they were kind of wading through poorly, and then at the end they just cratered. So it it was go it went from a almost okay episode to just incredibly bad at the end. I don't I don't think it's I that's the thing. Like I don't think it's the ending that I don't know. I I my issues with this episode are not limited to the ending. My issues with the episode are limited, are basically about the entire thing. Cause I don't know what this episode's about. Not at any moment. Do I know what this episode is about ever? I mean, I know what this episode's about. Uh, I okay. Mean, right. Tell it, me, give me your thesis. What is this episode about? Okay. This episode is basically about the idea. This episode is based on something, a Harvard, not a professor, but one of the, higher up like a dean or something like that said uh basically in an interview that women are just naturally not as good as math at math and science as boys are and they basically took his words and put it in principal skinner's mouth and decided hey what would happen uh if they decided to split the school into you know a boys uh section and a girls section to te- teach math the uh, you know what the boys section would basically be the current way uh, the girl section would be the girl's way or how basically how a bunch of guys in the writer's room imagine the girl's way would be. And this is actually based on uh, some studies that have gone out that women do a lot better in science and math classes uh, when they are uh, when classes are segregated along gender lines uh, because they don't feel intimidated by uh, the boys to you know keep their mouths shut kind of thing. Um, because, you know, generally in elementary and middle schools, uh, the 
boys in the class are more rambunctious and kind of take over discussions. And when girls are allowed to, uh, you know, are, don't have that overarching presence, uh, they are more likely to participate and get better grades because of that. So basically they are conflating these two things and saying, what would happen in the Simpsons world if we did that? Uh, but then it kind of all it gets mishmashed into the, oh, how boys are different from girls. And that's kind of where things get a little sketchy let's say uh and they basically try to wrap it all up at the end with a big bow saying that oh things are just fine the way they are and that's not the way you do that i don't okay i don't this episode i okay, we're gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna pick this thing apart man we're gonna like prepare my scalpel okay oh dear that's what okay that's what we're doing this is an autopsy mm-hmm. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna, pr- I'm gonna show you the cause of death, and this happens way before the end. So we begin the episode with. Now, if you're listening, you haven't watched this. You might say, "Are you about? Is Robbie about to say something completely unrelated to the main story of this episode?" What a coincidence! If you, if you are, you are ding, ding, ding. You win the no prize today because, guess what? Nothing to do with the main story. Uh, we start with musicals. We're like like several minutes of musical. Yeah, lots of time here on uh, uh, mostly on the itchy and scratchy musical. But the Simpsons are going to see a musical, and I guess we're like in the Springfield Broadway area, like the Broadway section of uh, of Springfield, because there's a uh, we see a, a selection of different musicals that are that are happening at the moment, but. The main one that we're going to be focusing on is the Itchy and Scratchy musical, which... Which is basically the Lion King, but if Itchy and Scratchy. It's just the Lion King, but Itchy and Scratchy. Uh, so, uh, I know Matt really likes this. So, I pulled a clip to give everyone a good sample of what we hear. Ha! Mr. All hail the king of the cats. <gasps> They're coming down the aisles. What if they want to interact with me? Looking through my purse. Looking through my purse. Keep walking, monkey. Don't worry, Mom. They all pass by. <sighs> ah! From the day you are born in the alley To the day you are hit by a car There's cream to drink and mice to eat And great big balls of yarn It's the circle I love the use of streamers as blood. It robs the violence of its power. Woo! I'm drenched in blood. <sighs> now, I mean, how long was that clip? Uh, that clip is—I'll tell you exactly—one minute and twenty-two seconds long. It felt so much longer. Uh, but that is. The funny thing is, we're not done yet. No, there's a uh, another full length, not full length song. You know, it's not like a five minute song or something, but it is another minute probably length song uh and then i think another shorter song even after that um that are all 
this strange mishmash of Lion King and what itchy and, itchy and scratchy is. And I've never seen the Lion King on Broadway. Um, it's fine. This is, I don't hate this. I think this is perfectly fine. I know it, it, it is long. And when an episode, I think whenever an episode has other ideas, especially ideas involving the main plot that aren't fully fleshed out, aren't fully formed, both you and I both go, well, why did they do three minutes of the Itchy and Scratchy musical when they could have used that time to make the story make more sense? Well, that's just foolish, Robbie. Why I, are they trying to make the story make sense? I know, but this isn't, I don't think this is bad. I think this is fine. Um, I don't, you know, I don't really know anything about the, I know the, whatever. It is long. It does spend a long time on just this. But then I, w- I would say this, Matt. One inciting incident. This is it. There is a single inciting incident. That's fair. And then we from this, we go to, I loosely describe as the plot of this episode, um, which is, that's what I, I, I think this thing is muddled. It, it's what I get. I get a messy, muddy thing that is starts with like what I think is a re- relatively interesting premise, which you described, and then kind of disappears up its own butt. So turns out the the, the musical ends, um, and we have the writer of this musical come out come out on stage to do her bows, and it turns out she is from Springfield, and. Went to Springfield Elementary, and so they bring out Principal Skinner to give her some flowers for for her for doing her good job, I guess, writing this thing. And um, it's it's sorry, I just think it's funny how it's always Springfield Elementary because that's where you know the Springfield or the the Simpson kids go. It's never like, oh yes, they went to high school here. This is their high school principal, <laughs> like. Like it would be in the real world. I just find it funny. They're always concentrated on the elementary school. Matt, I, we, we, I, if you want to talk about real world, I, we're going to. No, I just thought it was a a funny thing that seems to always happen in Springfield. Well, of course we don't, we're never going to go. We're never going to. Springfield has a high school. We've seen it. We've seen principal Dondelinger. I don't know why. Um, he never, we never bring him back, uh, except for the reunion episodes. So principal Skinner comes out. He, is a moron. Here you go. She also graduated from Springfield Elementary. <laughs> Principal Skinner. <laughs> you know, Juliana, it's no surprise you became such a success. You always got straight A's in school. Well, I remember getting a B or two in math. <laughs> well, of course you did. You are a girl. <gasps> no, all, all I meant was, from what I've seen, boys are better at math, science, the real subjects. There, that should put the matter behind us. Calm down, calm down. I'm sure Principal Skinner didn't mean girls are inherently inferior. No, of course not. I don't know why girls are worse. Uh, one thing we can all agree on, though, this little lady sure looks pretty tonight. Am I right? You've got to deal with these kooks. Don't worry. I have a plan. Pretend I agree with them. 
Now you better hurry. Look what they've done to your car. No, that's how it always looks. Oh, how sad. <sighs> what, Robbie? Like, you talk about the ending is bad, Matt. There is no, there is not a, there is not a single piece of writing in this entire episode worse than this speech from Skinner. See, and the thing about that is, it's based on something someone actually said. So I think I gave it a pass. <laughs> well, I, I hate to break it to you, Matt. People demand more elegant writing from fiction than they do from real life. Because uh, you're right. I mean, they might demand it, but in a lot of popular fiction, there is terrible speech giving. Uh, quite frankly, depending on the character. And in this case, it's Principal Skinner, so I can believe it. I just, here, Skinner is a guy who does put his foot in his in his mouth a lot. It works in his character. But in real life, yeah, there are definitely people who literally just come out and, like, pe- white men in positions of power in education, which you described, will come out and say, yeah, girls are dumb in when it comes to math and science. And they will say, literally just say that, or say what exactly what Skinner says. I, that, and in real life, yeah, there are people that's stupid. They will say, just come out and say things like that. But fiction is not real life. And this is not a documentary. I want it to, if you're going to write an episode about exploring the issues of why uh, women and or girls, young girls, don't do as well in math and science, you got to dress it up a little bit. You you gotta you gotta put on you gotta make it look nice. You gotta file off those serial numbers. You gotta hide the. You gotta use metaphors and, and clever dialogue where Skinner says roughly says the same thing, but he couches it in nicety. He couches it in 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 oh we all like you know say or like in in i don't know even in 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 be more condescending even like there is certainly a way to for him to still put his foot in his mouth to say these same things but this is literally just him going uh here is the plot of this episode girls are are dumb here we go let's I mean, get I think started that they basically took what the actual person said and said how would principal skinner say something like this and it's like skinner is a spineless person so he basically says that oh yes you know you got to be in math because girls are quite are, aren't as good at math as boys and then when everyone gets mad at him he backtracks and say I, I don't know why that is it's just something i've observed and basically just keeps making it worse and worse uh i don't think that there's a better way to have done that that would have been as true to his character if you can't make it better, Matt, they shouldn't have written this episode. That is what I am saying. You cannot have a character just literally. This is li- like this is just a writer. A write. They might have just had literally had Matt Selman stand on the stage and say, "Here's what this episode's about." We couldn't find a way to actually introduce it without just saying it. You you, you got to disguise things a little bit. But this isn't even I'm the just end. Saying, this, this doesn't even feel like it needs disguises because it's something that actually happened. And since this episode is, what is the reaction to that? Would the reaction to that be in Springfield from someone like Lisa? Okay, Matt, here. Let's hold on to that. Because this is the end. Yeah. I, I'm wondering because this is my, the least problem I have with the episode is what happens right here. But it's where it starts. <laughs> well, it's like, but the, they literally just like, they're just like, here, plump, here's the plot. But then they don't even, they don't even stick to it. Because here... Now, here's the next thing, because we don't we Skinner is not enough of an idiot so far. So we have to get we have to double down on Skinner being an idiot. Um, I don't really know why it doesn't end up mattering. Um, 
because Skinner now, we just heard him talk to Chalmers and say, oh, I'm going to pretend to agree with them. And that is how we're going to get out of this. So they hold a diversity forum. Um, and okay, my question for you, Matt, do the, do the writers know why Skinner is in a dress? Oh, no, this is just what they decided would be a funny joke is, oh, how would a spineless person like Skinner reach out to people who want more diversity? Uh, he'd put on a dress. I, That's my Simpson writer voice, uh, by the uh, way. Okay, I appreciate that. I don't think Matt Selman sounds like that, but, um... It just feels like it doesn't even that doesn't make sense to me either. It's just very much like, oh, here's a pointlessly offensive thing that doesn't feel like Skinner's character to me. Like Skinner's clueless, yeah. but he's not going to just put on a dress because he thinks that is what people want. Like, it just feels like here is something we can throw at the wall. Here is he's wearing a dress to for some reason. And then he just stumbles over his words for roughly a minute. Here you go. Today, we celebrate the first of many, 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 many diversity forums. Why is it that women appear to be worse at math than men? What is the source of this illusion? Or as I call it, the biggest lie ever told. You're a worse version of Hitler. Please believe me. I I understand the problems of women. See? <laughs> the principal's a tranny. Am I wearing... Women's clothes? I didn't notice. When I look in my closet, I don't see male clothes or female clothes. They're all the same. Are you saying that men and women are identical? Oh, no, of course not. Women are unique in every way. No, he's saying women and men aren't equal. No, no, no. It's the differences, of which there are none, that make the sameness exceptional. Just tell me what to say. Um, there's more, but I split the clip in half because it would have been three and a half oh, minutes long. Thank God. Um, I well, like I like it's just, it's, it, there is a a very easy way to go about this. Is Skinner says, "What do you want to see?" And then someone in the audience, a normal Simpson cast member, perhaps says, "We want to see." Uh, girls given the opportunity to learn math in a distraction-free environment. And then Skinner comes up with, well, let's split the school in half. Done. You don't have to have this weird him groveling before everyone saying, oh, what do you want me to say? I'm wearing a dress because women are the same. This screams to me of something that somebody thought was funny and was like, yeah, let's do this. It'll eat up some time. Uh, so we get, uh, let's, let's add... The list of, oh, weird mid-2000s transphobia. That's great. We'll just throw that oh, in yeah. here uh, for no real, no reason. Literally, there is no reason for it, but it is here. Um, And this does, this screams, this, again, this is the stuff that bothers me the most in this episode, Matt, is it's just lazy writing where they're like, they need to have a bunch of these nameless characters because none of these people are act like i think aside from edna none of the women in the crowd are actually characters they're just there to sh you know shout lines about them being outraged and it's they they are they it is all faux outrage of and and in the end it is counter to the idea of what i think this episode is like i want to say that the simpsons writers 
understand the problem of trying to educate young girls in uh, an environment that isn't conducive to learning for them. And that they, in the end, Lisa is good at math, but I have no idea what, like, because they have scenes like this where you have this faux outrage from people being upset. Like, they should be upset. That, like, I don't, like, but they shouldn't. Ugh, it's just, it's so muddled. Like, I have no idea. Be clear. And I, I feel like there is a very simple way that they could have gone about this. It And basically, they could have split the school in half, put all the girls on one side put all the boys on the other side the way I said before. And then Lisa finds out that, okay, we're going to get to this, but the, the way that the girls are taught math just makes me want to punch somebody in, obviously a man in the face in the writer's room, because it's the stupidest representation of, Oh, how girls would like to teach math kind of crap that I've ever seen in my life, but maybe have it in a way that there are no wrong answers and things take a long time. And Lisa's type a personality gets the better of her and she doesn't like it. So she goes over to the boys where it's taught in a traditional, you know, uh, math thing because Lisa has never had a problem with shying away because somebody was being, you know, uh, aggressive around her. That's not her personality type, but maybe you have, Oh, I don't know, say Millhouse who, who knows the answers, but doesn't want to say anything or even Martin. And they sneak over to the girl's side, uh, because they like the way math is being taught over there better. They thrive in that environment. And you can see that, oh, it's not a boys versus girls thing. It's two different ways of teaching. And in the end, you could reconcile and say, hey, maybe we could try better uh, to reach both sides. But instead, you get Lisa trying to be a boy. And it just makes me want to punch somebody in the face. <laughs> it's so lazy and hacky. It's so, it's, and that's the thing. This episode starts, it starts with the the, the segregation of the school by gender. Which is where we are now. Chalmers, Skinner is just passed out now. Skinner is just unconscious on the floor. And we have Chalmers introducing the new principal. Oh, dear. Um, attention, students. Due to nervous exhaustion and diarrhea of the mouth... <laughs> yes, 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 I said diarrhea. Principal Skinner is going to be replaced by women's educational expert, Melanie Upfoot. Children, meet your new principal. <laughs> For too long, there's been an anti-woman bias in math. Boys are aggressive, obnoxious, and never let us be heard. From now on, I am splitting the school in two, separating the boys and the girls forever. You heard your principal. Girls on the left, boys on the right. This rocks. No more stupid girl classes, like ballroom dancing. Oh, no, that's still mandatory for everybody, Willie. Now, this is why I got into education. It's the boys. The boys dance with the boys. Uh, the ballroom dance class um, is the joke. I mean, that's there, usually what happens in most ballroom class, dancing classes, no matter what, is the boys dance with the boys and the girls dance with the girls. Well, the boys don't dance at all. But yes, Robbie, there's a reason I left that out because it's stupid. <laughs> I don't mind it, frankly, Matt, because it's not. There's there's incidental things in this episode that I actually do like. I like this little bit about the ballroom dancing classes with these boys looking awkward dancing with each other, even though they have to. I like some of the interactions with Lisa and the other boys when she, you know, uh, dresses in drag. Like, I think those are, they're they're like little fun incidental things. None of them are really connected to the main story. No, but I not. still laugh at them. I think, oh, that's cute. Oh, that's fun. Um, Francis McDormand guest stars as Melanie Upfoot, 
um, Francis McDormand. How could you do this to Francis McDormand? How could you do? Deserves better than this. Uh, this she deserves a much better upfoot. episode. What the hell is upfoot? I don't know, Matt. What's upfoot with you? <laughs> if I could reach through this to strangle you just a little bit, I would. Okay, uh, stop <laughs> in, guys, because this is a long action. Wait, 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 let me, let me, let me do it, Matt. Let me do it. Okay, we go to commercial at seven minutes and 41 seconds. Yeah, so when we come back, uh, we get pretty much the only margin Homer we get in this episode uh, is them going back and forth on who invented what, uh, because uh, it, you'll see. They're going to divide the school in two? Yeah, one for boys and one for girls. It is going to be awesome. Now I can walk down the hall with Bart Jr. hanging out. Isn't that right, Bart Jr.? <laughs> All this hoo-ha about girls and math is silly. Women are as smart as men. Why, a woman invented liquid paper. Well, do you know what a man invented? Actual paper. Well, a woman also invented the windshield wiper. Which goes great with another male invention, the car. Mm, I think a woman came up with nylon stockings. I mean, probably. We certainly use them. Let's see, men also have rocket ships, suspension bridges, constitutional government, snowshoes, brass knuckles, pinball machines, the renaissance. Oh, why did women invent sleeping on the couch? So, uh, yes, like we say, uh, I wonder why March can't come up with more female inventions. Oh, that's right, because she wasn't taught all of them, because there are a lot. Well, here's the thing, Matt. This is stupid. <laughs> it's incredibly stupid and an absolute waste of time. Well, the problem is, like, this is, what does this mean? Like, it doesn't mean anything, are you? Like, this, this is a Homer and Marge arguing about the things with, like... Homer is basically a dog at this point. Why are we like? Why is this a part? Like he is he like? Is this a metric of like how stupid men can be about this? But also, it doesn't matter to the rest of this episode. And I, 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 I largely, I'm actually happy. That's like one of the best things about this episode is that Homer largely isn't in it. He's kind of just on the side a little bit. That's why this could have been good. I yeah, it got, it got Homer out of the way, and a lot of times in these mid-teen seasons, if you just get Homer out of the episode, episodes improve like ten, fifteen percent because not relying on him being the stupidest man alive. But this is just I I like it. it fe- like I was laughing, I was starting to laugh in this p- clip, not because it's funny, but because it's so bad. Like, it is, like, a bad, like, you're, like, when your friend tells a joke so bad and you laugh at how bad the joke is, like, how did they manage to come up with something so stupid? And, like, it doesn't, if this is supposed to, like, I, I, here, this is my very generous assumption is that this is supposed to be parodying, uh, you know, how stupid men can be and how proud they are of men and the list of inventions they've come up with. But if that's the, if that's what they were intending, they did not. They were not successful. They indeed were not. <laughs> so at this point in the story, uh, the boys and girls have been entirely separated. Uh, the school bus has been split down uh, the middle uh, horizontally, I guess. Uh, the girls right up front, the boys right in back uh, in a cage that is locked by auto. Uh, the school has been split down the middle. There's a boy's door and a girl's door. Um, Lisa walks into the 
uh, girl's door and uh, it's beautiful and bright and airy and there's artwork and it's clean uh, and Lisa just absolutely loves it. Unfortunately for Lisa, uh, the way that her principal, who is also her math teacher, uh, decides to teach math is not what she expected. Now that the boys and their atmosphere of intimidation are gone, we can finally breathe. Breathe, ladies. <gasps> now let's buckle down and do some math. Yes! How do numbers make you feel? What does a plus sign smell like? Is the number seven odd or just different? Are we going to do any actual math problems? Problems? That's how men see math, something to be attacked, to be figured out. But isn't it? I mean, confidence building can't replace real learning. Uh-oh, Lisa. Sounds like you're trying to derail our self-esteem engine. Let's sing it back on the tracks. The best thing I can ever be is to be okay with me. Me! I swear to God, this... <laughs> Boils my blood because I feel like this is what every conservative out there is scared that America's classrooms are going to turn into if we're allowed to teach two women in addition to men and uh, oh, also teaching critical race theory in school. Oh my God, it's going to all touchy feely things where everyone hates Matt, everything. Matt, can I? I'm gonna. I want to ask. You, okay, Mr. Simpson's writer, I have some questions for you. Oh no, I don't want Mr. Simpson's writer. I want to hit Mr. Simpson's writer. <laughs> don't don't hurt yourself, Matt. We don't. I don't want to advocate self-harm so this episode is what is this episode about again is it about is okay so is it about uh how girls are are able to learn math as well as boys is that what this episode's about that's a good question uh i i, I would assume that this episode is supposed no, to no be no 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 oh. no no matt you're the simpsons writer you know this answer you wrote this episode oh yes uh this is about how uh, if you split up girls and boys into different uh, learning styles, the boys will learn math the traditional way, and the girls will just talk about how they feel about numbers instead of actually learning math. Obviously, they won't actually learn how to solve problems because they're girls. I, I don't – like, I honestly have no idea what the intention here is. Like, I literally have no clue. And that's why it kind of like – I this episode here, I'm going to make this clear. This episode is bad. But it is fascinating because I – It is a very interesting look into how they think about it, what people want to see. The, like, yeah, like, why <laughs> this, Why is this lady, like, all touchy-feely? Like, is that what, like, girls are? Like, because girls are touchy-feely? Like, I don't know. I, I, I should have this – I should have a giant disclaimer uh, before I get any further. Like, my wife is a statistician. She's an incredibly brilliant uh, uh, a, a person who uses very advanced math every day of her life. So it's very hard not to, for me to find this incredibly silly and stupid. And I am, with my relation to her, I'm very familiar with how a lot of men view women in math. And a lot of men do have the opinion of people like Skinner uh, or or Chalmers, where they 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 think they they do not. If I'm going to tell here, man, I'm going to tell a story, a little story. That's that's appropriate. Uh, when we moved to Canada, um, we 
cross the border and you have to tell the people at the border, you know, what kind of job do you have? Because that's, you know, what, what are you, why are you moving to Canada? Why are you coming through? Let me look at your paperwork, et cetera, et cetera. And they look at the paperwork and they just look and they just see a job title in the, you know, the company and the job title says, no, no, statistical analysis or something like that. And they assume it's me. All men, all male border agents, I should say, in that particular border well, crossing. Eh, there's There were women working at certain border crossings. That one just happened to be uh, male. Um, but they immediately assume it's me. And that's a, a lot of time before people know us, if they're just strangers, that they, they assume that I would be the person working, even though I am very bad at math. Um, it's advanced math. I'm pretty good at like, like quick, uh, <laughs> quick arithmetic. Yeah, I'm arithmetic, but other than that, I'm very bad at advanced math. Um, so I am very familiar with the struggles women face when in STEM, but I don't know what this episode's saying. I don't like they. We see this math class of and this 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 the the same principal who is the math teacher. Doing like this very touchy feely, not there's no math being done, and, and like are they are are they saying that this is what would happen if we segregate men and boys and girls into different classes? Is this them like being worried that if we let if we let women take over teaching math to other girls that they're just gonna tell them how to like worry about self esteem issues? Like I have no clue. Well, yeah, because is it, is it saying that, oh, if we separate, uh, you know, along gender lines that the girls aren't going to learn correctly? That's their theory is also we'll just throw them all together and let them languish the way they they, uh, you know, always have in these classrooms, which feels like a very interesting take on things. Uh, or are they trying to say that, oh, you know, this is the best way for women to learn math, which seems also wrong it's like it's either two completely wrong things that yeah, doesn't seem to there, be a way there is no, this episode playing the, out there is no like i don't because I, I matt selman seems like a nice person seems like a smart guy he's written a lot of good simpsons episodes even as the show largely has gotten worse overall and obviously this is a product of a writer's room not just one writer but and at the end of this episode, Lisa is the 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 they have the reveal that Lisa is the smartest person in math in the in the in the school. Like, but everything else in this is counterproductive to that, and I don't know. I just don't know what they're doing. Like, this is the opposite of what I would write. If I I I, I just don't know. I don't know, Matt. And and then it's just then we see the boys' school, and I, <sighs> yeah. I know. Don't, don't, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. So, yes, as we said, Lisa hops over to the boys' school uh, where they are doing math the traditional way. Uh, oh, they're finding the areas of circles and, and cones and triangles and all that fun stuff. Did you, and Lisa, did, did you do geometry like that in fourth grade, Matt? Uh, finding areas of basic shapes. It was like fourth or fifth grade, something like that. Okay. I don't remember. I literally don't remember it anything i was ever taught in any math class so <laughs> i mean it, there was some of that but it was very basic it really wasn't until like eighth grade when i took actual geometry that they got into you know where those numbers came from why they were the way they were and how to do it for multiple shapes and you know equivalencies and those sorts of things but okay. there was the basic idea of that all right 
So yes, this is actually already more more difficult math than we've ever seen taught in Lisa or Bart's class. Uh, this is Bart's class, by the way, that Lisa is, is peering in on. So it's I assume it's supposed to be fourth grade math versus you know the second grade math that Lisa was learning before. But Lisa would obviously thrive in this kind of uh, environment, uh, as we will see. Uh, so we see Lisa spying on the wait, boys wait, learning we, math. We, and... we should you should mention that. This boys' side, we see the the girls' side of the school earlier, and it is beautiful, and it is covered in art, and it it oh, is oh yes, it, it's uh, the, clean. The boys is just a complete wreck. There's trash everywhere. Everything's got graffiti all over it. So apparently, when you put a bunch of boys together in a school, all adult supervision goes out the window, and it's like the warriors. Why? Mad, or, or, Mad, question. or Mad Max? Like it just is just it's. It's just chaos and anarchy, and I again, why does it look like this? Are like I'm like here's my thoughts. I'm like, are they saying that because they segregated the schools that the girls got all the money and therefore they can help keep that stuff up, or girls are just more civilized so they don't cause all the That's destruction? What I'm oh, girls are civilized. Boys will destroy a- anything you give them right away. So, you know, eventually they just, eventually be within like a week, uh, they have stopped trying in the boys' school. I mean, they're still, like, we see Willie and Skinner now as the assistant groundskeeper. Like, wouldn't they be cleaning this stuff up? Like, are they just abandoning it? No, no, they're, they're busy poisoning squirrels and failing them. <laughs> so, as Robbie said, uh, Lisa's spine is interrupted by Skinner, who is now the assistant groundskeeper and has no opinions about anything anymore. Uh, and Willie is his boss and tells him to go poison some squirrels. The squirrels overpower Skinner and force him to drink the poison. No, wait, 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 Matt, Matt, you know what? What did I tell you about going off book? All right. Stop making up things. OK, I this is The Simpsons. Probably. I wish I wish the squirrels literally the squirrels literally there's a probably what a dozen squirrels and they (laughs) they overpower skinner and they pour poison in his they pour poison in his mouth Uh uh-huh that's accurate it's so stupid (laughs) they kill him skinner's dead Oh God, he's got poison. Probably like he, they, me. like they literally pour like a giant jug of poison down his throat, and you're like, can oh, it's 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 a joke, Robbie. Uh, because you know, obviously they uh, Willie wouldn't give Skinner real poison, so you know, it's it's supposed to be funny. I, I thank you, Matt. It's supposed to be funny. They should just that should be like be they should have like someone like very softly whispering every time there's like some laugh line like this is where the simpsons literally needs like the big bang theory uh you know uh no no no. the simpsons need a little mitt romney head that comes up and says please laugh <laughs> every time wasn't it no that, that's joke. that's a jeb that's a that's a jeb the please clap matt so we need a jeb oh, sorry sorry you're right you're right we, we need a jeb, jeb please sorry, laugh little, little jeb head <laughs> that's what he calls his fans <laughs> oh god uh, anyway <laughs> I have to get some humor out of this episode, Matt, and the episode is not providing it. It is really not. All right, moving on. Uh, Lisa is upset about all of this, so she goes to Marge, and we find out in this little insertion of Marge and Homer's history why Marge never finished her calculus class. Mom, the girls' school is a joke, and I'm not allowed to take the boys' math. When I was in school, I loved math until... 
Hey, Professor Von Hubba Hubba. Wanna hop in my dune bug and erode some beach? Oh, I'd love to, but I've got my calculus final tomorrow. Come on, baby. The only math you need is you plus me equals forever. Oh, homie. Since then, I haven't been able to do any of the calculus I've encountered in my daily life. But that's not going to happen to you. Well, what can I do? They won't let me in the boys' school. Yes, unless... There, you're the perfect little he-she. Mom, I don't think this will fool anybody. Hey, who's the rude dude with the attitude? He's one of Bart's friends. <laughs> you seem cool. Want to catch a movie? You never take our kids to the movies. Let's not fight in front of my cool new friend. So, yes, as we can see, uh, the solution is to have Lisa go to the boys' school by dressing up as a boy. Matt. And it immediately fools Homer. Matt. <laughs> Bobby, how, what's wrong? I'm asking you. Are, how, are you, are you going to tell me that you don't remember that Homer was rich and had a dune buggy in high school and that you remember him being poor? I, Matt, I was gonna ask you how long is that? How long is that clip? But you just played. That clip is a minute and six seconds. <laughs> a minute and six seconds. Okay. They, you could do like a dissertation on that minute of audio. Like there is just so much to unpack. But I, I like, I want to like, what is the thought process where oh, we're gonna have a flashback? Uh. Marge is going to have a little flashback and reveal why she did. She stopped doing, you know, math studies. And was it literally someone in the writer's room had just watched Beach Blanket Bingo or something and was like, let's do a let's do a, a little let's do a weird kitsch 50s beach movie flashback, even though it makes literally zero sense in the context of Marge and Homer and makes less sense. As more more time passes by, where Marge is studying math on the beach, and Homer drives up in a dune buggy. Robbie, you're acting like this is a strange thing. And then, uh, let's. Marge uses the term he she. Oh boy. Uh, I mean, they've already used the word tranny. So I, sorry to anyone who is offended by those words, but that's. I, they were on. I mean, they're in The Simpsons, Matt. That is long, long, long uh, been our standing, and we don't. We only use words that The Simpsons uses. Uh, yeah, they're, they should have been used. Um, uh, I, I, I just. It's just. It's just so casually. Um,. And then she turns Lisa into a boy. And uh, uh, like, okay, you put a wig and glasses on Lisa. Okay, she looks like a little boy. Okay, Especially an eight-year-old. An eight-year-old not going to be able to tell the difference anyway. No, not really. And that's fine. I don't mind them doing this bit. But what in this episode, it makes this episode a different thing. This is not the same episode anymore. The moment that Lisa dresses in drag to fool the other boys and to go on their side of the school makes this a different episode. And that's fine if that's what this episode was for half of it, you know, if it was that the entire way through. It makes sense, but it isn't. They just turn again, hard shift left into like a different thing altogether. Uh, and I can't with Homer anymore, Matt. I can't anymore. I cannot with this, him becoming <laughs> friends with a little kid. Like, 
Yeah. And you're like, well, that makes sense, because Homer is a child at this point. Like, he is a six-year-old child. He would want to be friends with a new kid. But it, it's, the, it's when you have him in the same episode making claims about how men are super, superior because they've invented so many things. And you're like, well, which is it, guys? Is it just homework is just whatever idiot you need at the moment? Okay. Yeah, it like beach, like Beach Boys, little jangly surf rock. Well, like, what is going on? What are you doing, guys? Oh man, Simpsons writers, please help. Uh huh. Help. Yeah, they're not going to help you. Sorry. I, um, so, uh, Lisa goes to school the next day uh, at the boys' school, and this is where, if the writers ever had the thought that, oh, this is going to be about how the difference between boys and girls learn goes completely out the window because it veers into the this is how boys and girls are different episode um, because all the boys are punching each other and rather than concentrate on the whole math and science thing uh, Lisa tries to fit in as a boy um, they she makes up a stupid name Jake Boyman because Lisa is an idiot as we established in so many previous episodes and never thought I, up a name ahead I, of time I here Matt I'm gonna make I I actually here despite the fact this episode makes no sense overall this stuff, like from here until right before that, the ending press like announcement or whatever it is, is the best stuff in this episode by far. How? How? I mean, because it's Bart and Lisa. One here, and the problem is the episode's not about this. That's the problem. If this was a different yeah, episode, right. if, if this was isolated on its own, it is Lisa trying to fit in as a boy and Bart trying to take uh, her under his wing. And that's fine. That would be an interesting episode if that was. the Yeah. And, I, I, and that's that's I like these these scenes isolated are charming because they are Bart inadvertently, you know, becoming friends with Lisa as a boy. I find the name Jake Boyman very cute. I also find that it's very charming that they call her Toilet as a nickname because she has toilet paper on her shoe and it just sticks. And like this little section, I think, is very representative of the strengths of Matt Selman's writing when it is good because it, it, it feels they feel like brother and sister, you know, obviously after Bart finds out, uh, but even before that it, they feel like kids you know they they feel like a uh little kids like learning and, and socializing and this episode isn't about what are, how are boys different than girls but ultimately there is like i i find that stuff interesting i find the socialization of young boys and how as a culture the, we we handle that and how we ultimately fail a lot of young boys and how they are socialized. Um, there is like a, a very nascent movement now about how we fail a lot of young boys because we socialize them incorrectly and they end up being, end up as adults being, you know, destructive. Um, that's not what this episode starts out as. If this episode was that all the way through, I think this would be great. This is the stuff I enjoy the most because it feels real. It feel it doesn't feel like, that Skinner stuff at the beginning stands out to me because it doesn't feel like a character saying things. It just feels like someone spouting off lines they heard in real life, which is what it is. This feels like, oh, this is Bart and Lisa, and they're doing things, and they feel like real characters. The the argument with Marge and Homer about women and, and male inventors doesn't feel real. It feels fake. 
the the flashback with Marge and Homer at the beach obviously feels fake. It feels insane. Homer trying to be friends with a little boy. It feels insane. This feels like this could happen it in the golden years of the Simpsons. The scenes feel real. They feel like they feel like the characters I recognize, and that's why I like them the most. And here, the other thing I like about them, it gives Lisa I think this is the stuff that makes this episode it's the only redeeming stuff. I'll say that. I don't know. I don't want to call this episode good because it's not. But I feel like it. Re- this the, anything redeeming in this episode is in this part because it gives Lisa a conflict and a, and decisions she has to make about who and what she is. Does it make any sense in the context of the greater episode? No, not really. Not even a little bit. Not really. No. No. Uh, but for a second here, we're going to get back to the actual uh, point of the, of the episode uh, because uh, real quickly, Lisa finally makes it to the boys' math class, and she is so excited. I right, everyone, take out your math books. Come on. Now, how many different numbers can Y be? That's easy. Just one. And number five. Wrong. <gasps> there are two possible solutions. Five and negative five. Oh my god, I was wrong, and by being corrected, I learned, and no one cared about my feelings. <laughs> Psst, I drew a picture of you being shot by a gun. <laughs> so yes, uh, I guess we're supposed to believe by the pe- teacher being a total jerk to Lisa and saying she's saying wrong, uh, that that is how Lisa wants to be taught. Okay, fine. Uh, I feel like if, in contrast to this, the other teacher had spent some time doing actual math problems and saying, well, you're not quite right. Let's think about this some more. And Lisa's like, what do you mean I'm not quite right? Blah, blah, blah. And then she, Lisa appreciates the quick correction and the you know moving on faster kind of thing. But no, we have to compare this, a teacher being a jerk and tell her she's just straight up wrong, to a song about how they feel about math. And I just... The, the entire math... The problem is the, the entire... Uh, we're going to get heavily into this and fix this episode... I just don't think this this structure is anything you want to pursue. If you want to, if you're pursuing the, the the story of can Lisa, you know, can a girl learn math and and science as well as anyone as a boy, then this is not the structure you use. This this is clearly set no. up to tell really bad jokes about this weird upfoot character, but and then it gets sidetracked with like weird, uh, like how boys socialize stuff, like in the context of everything, it doesn't really make any sense. I would, you would, I would, this feels heavily like, Oh, we have this and this and this, let's make it work all together. You know, this stuff is, it's kind of the same. Let's kind of make a way to like shove these puzzle pieces together, which is a lot of season 17 Simpsons. It feels like we have a couple of mismatched puzzle pieces. Let's. Some of them look a little bit closer than others. This is this episode feels like three different puzzle pieces. And they're the kind of puzzle pieces where you're like, oh, those go together. And then you try and put them together and you're like, oh, no. No, it kind of fits, but it obviously the pieces don't go. But then, but then they went, no, they definitely fit. And you're like, Arr! and then they take a knife and they cut it so that it, you're like, oh. It's how the pros do it. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. So, uh... We've gotten to the point where, okay, Lisa likes how the boys are taught math. That's fine. But now we have to go back to, oh, this is how boys interact. This is Lord of the Flies. Because they go to the cafeteria, and Lisa sits down next to Millhouse. Millhouse tries to brag and say, oh, yeah, you know, stick with me, kid. I, I, I know how things work here. 
Nelson or no, Kearney comes over and is a jerk to him because of course he is. Uh, that's what they always are. Uh, and then at one point, uh, Lisa as Jake Boyman asks Milhouse about how do you feel about Lisa? And Milhouse tries to play it off. Like, uh, Lisa got too clingy, which of course causes Lisa to get upset. Lisa knocks into Nelson spilling his food on him. And then it's fight time because that's how things work in the boys school. There's no adults keeping kids from fighting whatsoever. I mean, I here's the thing. I don't mind this, Matt. Like, have at least have a showdown with Nelson at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the school day, because, like, I don't. There, Bart was having fights with Nelson in the first season of The Simpsons, and it doesn't wasn't like the school was a no man's land or something. There, there. As long as there have been schools, there are bullies, you know, beating up young, younger or smaller kids. Um, this doesn't. This is fine. I don't know. This is, again, it's not the same plot. It has nothing to do with math. Like, I, it, I don't know why it's here, but it, I don't mind that it exists. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but we're going to get into why this is incredibly stupid uh, as we listen to how it plays out. Okay, I can talk my way out of this. Nelson, you're not really angry at me. You're full of rage because your father abandoned you. And because you're poor, so you don't feel like you're good enough. You just want somebody to say, I love you. I love you. I love you too, Nelson. I love you, Jimbo. Hey, every joke has a kernel of truth. <laughs> hey, Lise, you missed it. While you were at girls' school, Nelson totally wailed on this dork. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. I'm toilet. <laughs> toilet. So, yes, now Bart understands that Lisa is toilet. And <laughs> we go to a commercial because this is how it works, is now that Lisa is going to have to be taught how to be a boy by Bart. How this affects her learning math, I don't know. I guess we don't get to find that out. <laughs> uh, uh, what, 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 what do we do? What, what goes on there? What are we doing? I said we went to a commercial, Robbie. Okay. Well, you got to repeat things, because I'm too busy uh -oh. laughing at toilet. <laughs> uh, uh, we we come, come back from commercial at 16, 20, 16 minutes and 20 seconds. I and I do find that I, I do think the toilet joke. I I la I laugh every time Matt. Here's the thing. I'll say I'll admit it. the three. I think they do call back three times to toilet, and I do like it. I think it's very funny how and, and how it grows. Frankly, like there is growth in how they use the word toilet at this to as a nickname because at first it's pejorative, and then in this case it's it's Lisa like. Claim, making claiming ownership of the nickname and Bart laughing and chuckling at it, but later in the episode, they actually chant "toilet" like it's like it as a like yeah, that's toilet. That's our friend. We know toilet. Like it's not no longer a mean name. It's just the, their name. It's like a real nickname. Like they usually get started because you do something stupid, and then it just kind of sticks around. And eventually, it's how you're known. And if, if you're a cool person, then eventually it becomes uh, a moniker that you are proud to wear that other people say reverently. Yeah, I don't know if Lisa's ever going to maybe use it, claim toilet. But you know what I mean. I do think it's ch charming uh, for what it is. But the school's segregated, and it's something to do with math. I don't I don't know why we're 
because this is literally we just jump back in and Bart is teaching Lisa how to be a boy. So, did you tell Mommy got beat up? Not yet. If I do, she'll never let me go to the boys' math class again. Hey, no one with a choice should ever have to be a girl. I'll teach you how to be a boy. You would do that for me? That is so sweet. You're a boy. Nothing is sweet. Ow! That hurt! Sweet. Now, when you eat like a boy, only two french fries and five should make it into your mouth. If they fall on the floor, you want them more, because then they come with extra toppings. I'm gonna be sick! Awesome! Do it in that guy's bag while he's not looking. I am looking, and don't start a puke war that you cannot finish. Good night. Robbie, question for you. What exactly does this have to do with math? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all. Zero. Oh, okay. Zilch. Nothing. Nada. Not even a little bit. Um, it is about how boys are socialized, Matt. This is what this these scenes are about. It is Bart teaching Lisa how to be a boy. And it obviously is... <sighs> how, how to be a certain type of boy. Yeah, exactly. Teaching... Well, I mean, he's teaching her how to be a boy as he has been taught to be a boy. Uh-huh. All he knows. And that could be really interesting fodder for an episode. Unfortunately, it has nothing to do with teaching how to teach STEM to girls. It has nothing to do with it. And it's, but it's here a lot with a lot of stuff. Because uh, the next scene is Marge still mad at Homer. Because uh, Homer still is claiming that women aren't as good at stuff. I don't know why Homer cares this much. Like, why is Homer such a misogynist in this episode? Robbie, I said it before and I'll say it again, because the plot requires it. Thank you. That's all I wanted, Matt. I just wanted you to say the words. So <laughs> th- that the plot requires Homer to be a misogynist episode, and he can't acknowledge that his wife is as mentally equal to him, the dumbest man alive. Um, he sleeps on the couch, and then he's kicked off the couch by the dog, and then he has to sleep in the dog house. Literally. Get it? He's in the doghouse. I get it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's like, like literally, it is the joke from the like. That's a honeymooners joke. It's like '50s sitcom level joke. That's what we're doing. 2006. Uh so we've come to what I was talking about earlier. How it this episode gives Lisa a conflict. Like this, this, the stuff gives Lisa a conflict. It gives Lisa decisions because. To be a boy, she has to beat up somebody. She has to get in a fight and beat up somebody. And Bart, they Bart and her, I guess, decide that Ralph is the one they need to beat up because, to be fair, he is the easiest target. He is not going to fight back. And Lisa has to come to this like, oh, do I? Can I? Can I do it? Um, you know, she faces a little struggle like, oh, I don't want to hurt Ralph. You know, he's an innocent. Um. Bart basically, I don't know, he he kind of, he doesn't force her to start to beat up Ralph, like, I don't know, Ralph, Ralph really doesn't get hurt that, that badly in this. I think Man. she hits him once, and, and that's it. And then he starts crying for a second. Um, But now Lisa fits in, which I don't know why that matters. Uh, in the context of the st- of the story that started this, about them segregating the school and Lisa wanting to learn math. Why does she need to be fit in as a boy? Good question. Uh, she doesn't? Like, the whole, like, this feels, that's what I mean about the puzzle pieces. All this feels like this is a different episode shoehorned in. 
Because then we come back to what is the original episode, basically, from the here on out, where it's about it's about Lisa and math and STEM and all that stuff again. Because now there is some sort of, a, a, I don't know what to call it, a, a ceremony? Uh show Basically, yeah show i like it's just and it's co-ed is both sides of the school i thought they're different schools now matt why are they together oh because they're only uh different schools uh during the, the average school day this is a special get together you mean i think what you meant to say is because the plot requires it matt, is no what, that's that, right that's, that's what right. You, sorry I, I was in my simpson writer uh, oh. <laughs> be careful it's taken over matt you're just there's not gonna be anything left we're going to lose original Matt. OG Matt is just going to be gone. Uh, you're going to be Simpsons writer Matt forever. So we have this, uh, I don't know, group, the, both the schools together in the auditorium. And they're announcing awards. And Chalmers and Principal Upfoot are there. And... They uh, announced the math award. Now, this, I have a clip. It is basically from this moment till the very end of the episode. It is a relatively long clip, but I feel like it is all important to listen to. The award for outstanding achievement in the field of mathematics goes to Jake Boyman. Toilet! 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 Thank you! Or should I say... <gasps> Toilet is Lisa? We've been yantled! That's right, everyone. The best math student in the whole school is a girl! Wait a minute! Do you know why you did good at math? Did well. Uh, give it a rest, Melanie. Calling me by my first name is harassment. Well, in for a penny, in for a pound. Mm. <clears throat> oh, superintendent. The only reason Lisa won is because she learned to think like a boy. I turned her into a burping, farting, bullying math machine. That's a lie. Ugh. <coughs> I got hit by boy Lisa and girl Lisa. <gasps> what have I become? I always thought the boys had it easier, but now I see their world is more cruel and sadistic than I ever imagined. Terrified! And I did get better at math, but it was only by abandoning everything I believed in. I guess the real reason we don't see many women in math and science is... Would you hurry it up, please? You're cutting into the award for best flautist! Well, whatever the answer is, I'm glad I'm a girl, and I'm glad I'm good at math. Now enjoy your stupid flautist. In the sand castle, virtues are all swept away. In the tidal destruction, the moral malay. Oh! Robbie, there's so much wrong in this. It hurts me. It pains me. Like, I think like I should have been taking notes. There are two main problems with this. Oh, we over the, the one that's oh, main problems. They will break down into first oh problems. sub problems. I understand. The, fir the, the first one I want to get to is the one that is completely not relevant to the plot, and it's the whole upfoot uh, and Chalmers <laughs> thing, where first of all she says, "Comment by my first name is assault." No, it's being a jerk. Uh, they're that's not quite what I would call assault. 
Second of all, I believe she says when, harassment, Matt, but I'll, I, I mean, it's effective. Yeah, harassment. It's, you're it, right. You're right. You're right. It's closer to harassment than assault, but still. But then uh, Superintendent Chalmers says, in for a penny, in for a pound, and kisses her like, what the hell well, were you thinking? Well, well, Matt, no, but she liked it. Didn't you see? She liked it. That's the worst <laughs> part. Oh, my God. I was actually just watching Frasier this morning while I was doing my workout uh, with oh, my wife. Which Frasier? And Frazier's a good show overall. Yeah, Frazier is a good show. I agree. Yeah. Oh, are you? Oh, are you, uh, oh, are you gonna tell me? Tell me. I have. I have an idea, but tell me. You have an idea. Uh, it is the end of season six. Mm. Uh, there's an episode where Roz uh, goes out with Bulldog in a moment of uh, desperation for some kind of attention, and the next day when uh, she accidentally tells Frazier, accidentally in sitcom terms, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bulldog basically forces her back into the room playfully and then kisses her. She slaps him three times and then is into it. And I just want to stab both of them in the face <laughs> because that is awful. It's so bad. It's well, the same thing. It's like you you have to stop because they're – oh, my God. <laughs> this, this is one of the reasons there is a thing as rape culture. I hate it so much. Ugh. It's Sorry. very – it's it's very bad. Um. It's very, it, it very is bad, very, but... it's very bad. It, it, it is. And the problem, I like, I don't know if it's good or bad that it is an afterthought because it is not central to, you know, what's actually happening in this scene. It yeah. is just oh, a thing it, that is happening because they thought, Hey, I need to put in a quick joke that doesn't matter. It's not going to say anything or anything. It's just supposed to be funny. Let's put in basically Chalmers assaulting her, but it's okay because she likes it. And somehow he knew that. Excuse me. No, well, they, somehow he do that. Well, Matt, see, they had a discussion prior to uh, going out on stage, uh, and they had an arrangement where you know th- it's the performative aspect. See, now I'm Mr. Simpson's writer. I am really are because <laughs> you can't show things like that no, unless no. you've set them up. There ahead is of time. there is literally no excuse for it. Uh, there is oh. nothing you could possibly say to defend it. Um. None of this, like it is, uh, upfoot. I say that we've said up. It's just so ridiculous. You name a character with straight face, you name her upfoot, and she's not. Like, what's the joke about upfoot? It just sounds so silly and stupid. Like, it doesn't really mean it. And the fact that she's like, you call me. It's it, she is like this very big stereotype about. I don't know. Even a, it feels like if. It, it feels like this could be written now. This character could be written now by some conservative comic. It feels very yeah. much like, oh, she's you called me by my first name. That's harassment. And you're like, well, this character is ridiculous. No one actually acts like that. Um, you're doing whatever this is a disservice by making this a joke. And then you're like, oh, well, this character is so annoying. It's good that Chalmers assaults her by kissing her without her consent. And you're like, it is just, it's kind, it's gross. I don't, there's no other way to describe it. Um, I don't know what was infecting season 17 Simpsons where it is. There is just this kind of stuff where there's just homophobia and transphobia and just, 
effect like literally assault in this case like the only reason that this they they make it look like it is an assault because she's like oh chalmers i'm like why why on earth would she like being kissed without without her consent by yeah, the superintendent. she's just like so intimate. She's so into being embarrassed, and I guess that's I, her kink or whatever. I, but... I don't, I don't know, man. It's just, but you're, you're right. It is terrible. I, I don't know. It, 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 it's just this, like what I say, a muddled mess. That's what this is. It's like a quagmire. It, it is. Yeah. It, it's, it's like, it's like a, it's like a, a peat bog. That's how I would describe this episode. It's like a peat bog, like where they find like, like bodies from like 800 years ago in like that's what this is it's like a peat bog don't step in don't don't step foot you'll die don't step foot the fairies will run off with you but yeah and and the thing that bugs me the most about this is this is supposed to be i'm assuming played for laughs but if you look at golden year simpson they didn't have scenes like this you could say oh they're a product of their time the golden years had nothing like this because they didn't need horribly offensive humor like this. I swear Joe Rogan must have been right around the show at this time period. Because now, of all I, now, I don't, I don't know. I like it. It, it is what I want to hear is what I want to attribute it to Matt. It is like, I obviously I haven't seen all fiction, you know, all art in the mid two thousands, but you look at what is popular and it's South Park. It's family guy. It is, that stuff and they're both edgier darker humor more crass humor and this is what you when you and ultimately i i loved south park at the time loved it i kind of hate it now but they even like even though i might say i hate south park south park is does does jokes like this, but they're incredibly smarter and they understand, you know, how to do that stuff and play it off as making, under, making the audience doing a better job and make the audience understand that it's bad, that it is not something that well, yeah, they applaud. That's the joke is that it's awful. And an awful person is doing it, that sort of thing. They're just, the Simpsons are having Chalmers do this. And it's like, that that was the thing about South Park is they made a lot of horribly offensive jokes, but at least it was understood that that was the point of these jokes is that they were offensive and you're not supposed to want to root for the person committing whatever heinous act is supposed to be funny. Well, ideally. <laughs> ideally, <laughs> That's yes. That's my problem with South Park is that some people just don't get it. <laughs> they think they think Cartman's the protagonist. But yeah, the this this stuff is bad. That that bit is bad. What? Okay, the number one, Matt. What's number two? You said there were two. Number two is that one. Why does Bart say that? Oh, his his thing it, turning Lisa into be more like a boy, uh, which he barely did. He basically taught her that. Oh, fighting is how you get ahead in this. That's all he did. He didn't teach her to make her burp or fart or any of the other things, not that we've seen anyway. And secondly, why is Bart the one claiming that, oh, that's why she got better at this? He has no vested interest in this. And why would he care either way? And secondly, even when he claims that, she says, no, it's not, and then gets distracted by something someone else says and forgets to completely refute his claim. Because obviously it's not true. Again, I this is a product of these puzzle pieces because they have the puzzle piece that is segregation of schools and STEM and girls not knowing how to do math, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. 
And then they also have the other piece of Lisa pretending to be a boy and Bart teaching her how to be a boy, quote unquote. And, uh, well, we have to make these plots work together. How do we make it work at the end? And how do we get out of this episode when we don't have more time? Uh Uh-oh, we're out of time. What do we do? (laughs) Oh, we have someone interrupt Lisa and say, uh, Martin needs to play play a song. Oh, that's what interrupted her, yes. Martin needs to play the flute. And then Uh, Lisa hits him with a chair, which... Like, okay. That's what boys do. Yeah. And I just, I want to hurt I mean, the wrestling fan in me is quite happy whenever anyone gets hit by a chair, Matt, but. I mean, that's fair. It's <laughs> hilarious. And then that's how this episode ends, is all the boys pick up chairs and start hitting each other. But it's like, I really want in my ideal version of this episode, uh, where almost none of the actual episode makes it through, uh, Lisa goes to the boys and enjoys learning how they're being taught. Martin goes to the girls and enjoys being taught how they're being taught. Uh, and they did point out that, oh, these are not, you know, strict divisions along gender lines. They are divisions in how each student prefers to be taught. And it's not like, oh, it's just girls or just boys. And, Instead, they they put Martin in a fairy costume and make him play flute. Well, yeah, I know, Matt. It's it's and then and then Lisa makes up some mealy mouth bull honky <laughs> about how she doesn't know what the actual answer is. Uh, but you know, it's it's she likes the math. I mean, the problem is, Matt. That's, like, they don't they don't know they the Simpsons writers. I don't here. There's only two options here. One is. They know they ran out of time, and they don't have time. They whatever they think the answer is, they don't have time for Lisa to say. Like there is literally no time left in this episode for Lisa to make a speech, so it ends before she does. That's option one. Option two, uh, option two is they literally don't know what the answer is about how to fix this problem, so they just uh, uh, Martin's here. Episode's over. Those are the choices, I think. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'd lean towards option one because I want to. Here, Matt, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm feeling like, like I feel like this varies from week to week. Sometimes I want to give them more chances, and sometimes I feel like they all deserve to be shot out of a cannon. But this week, I feel like I mean, the cannon's got to work out this season. Oh my god, we're running out. I had to go get more gunpowder just yesterday. I had to go down to the gunpowder store. Um. I've been making my own. Uh, it, it turns out better that way when you know you. you That's know. true. When you go collect the bat guano yourself, yeah, a little bit of sulfur. Boom. Hey, we got that bat guano here in Austin. We, you and I, we sure do. We learned that lesson. Um, the corn smelling guano. Yeah. Guano. Um, bat, there's a lot of bats in Austin. If, if no one knows, Austin, Texas has a lot of bats. Um, I don't know. I don't truly don't know if it was option one or option two it ultimately doesn't matter which why they did it all i know is that they did do it and it's bad and it doesn't make any sense in the context of the original story of this episode and it doesn't really even make sense in the context of the second half the second plot of this episode which about lisa pretending to be a boy like it doesn't really make sense either way and they kind of half-heartedly try to do both and neither work that's hey season 17 of the simpsons like in writ large is like they try and do a lot of stuff none of it works um here positives i like the scenes of lisa and bart 
kind of bonding. I like Lisa learning about socialization of boys. I think some of the jokes in there are charming and cute. That's it. <laughs> Those are my positives. Indeed. That's, I, uh... I, I, I don't think this... I think this episode is bad, but I do think it's very interesting because it does it, like, like academically. It's fun to do a podcast to talk about it because it is so crazy. You're like, why... Like, that literally just Marge and Homer on the beach. Why is Marge talking about calculus on the beach? Like, you're like, what is going on? Why is this a flashback in this episode? What is, what are you doing? All right, Matt, we'll rank it at the end of the show. Please ask me this very important question. Robbie, is this episode broken? Yes, it is. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, This is... I is okay so matt we're gonna we're gonna we have to figure this out this is two episodes first problem the simpson this episode is two episodes which is a problem that a lot of seasons 17 episodes have where they're like oh it's and it's a thing that continues through most of the latter algene years where they're like oh we have three plots let's just do them all at once and you're like oh no please don't just write one episode um so is this about lisa and stem or is this about lisa pretending to be a boy do we want to do it? Do we still want to try and do both? I'm going to guess that we should pick one or the other because I worry that they thought they didn't have enough time, but then we have like three minutes of the itchy and scratchy musical. I would here. I would say that, that there is a way to do both. I, I think you can do both. I think you can make, you can make this work, but the episode is entirely something else. I think one, okay, one my first my first my first order of business, the antagonist is not Principal Skinner. The antagonist is not Superintendent Chalmers, and the antagonist is not this weird lady. I don't they're like this episode yeah. really doesn't have I don't know who to the I I don't know if is Homer in it? Like I don't know who the antagonist is. Um, but I'm gonna it's gonna be a man, but it's gonna be an external force. It's gonna be an educational dude. Out of town, a, consult, let's a say. consultant. He comes in uh, that Chalmers and, and Skinner have to obey. They have to do what this consultant says, and and it's some ne'er do well, some some guy we clearly know is slimy, but they have no control over. He is just a figure that is in control because, and he has, and like if we're gonna do this Lisa Stem stuff and we want to make Lisa a boy, pretend to be a boy, then I would say when he, he comes in and says, oh, well, I, studies have shown that women aren't as good at math and science as boys, so we're not going to teach them math and science anymore. Um, and they, girls from now on, they take only liberal arts classes, uh, and boys only take math and science classes. They take STEM classes, and that's it. And that is how you split the school up. You don't split it strictly along co-ed lines. Girls just don't get those classes anymore. Boys don't get these classes anymore. And that allows for a little bit more freedom in this why Lisa is going into these boys' math classes. It is not simply because, oh, she doesn't like her math classes. It is she doesn't have any choice. She wants to learn math. She has to get to teach. it. Yeah, I like that. She has to be a boy. She has to do it. It forces her hand. And she wants to learn math. So she does this. And then we segue into this similar, I, what I think is the best of this episode. It makes it make more sense where where Lisa 
is learning math and and enjoys it because she likes math and she starts to learn about why boys are the way they are and you can kind of more gently transition into why there's so much of this in this episode about boys are constantly punching each other boys are disruptive etc cetera, etc cetera. and lisa can literally just say we this is why because boys are disruptive and because we girls are why boys and girls are socialized differently and this is a problem and she has this conversation with i don't know bart or with marge or whatever you know they have this conversation or she has a conversation with skinner and chalmers even and maybe they become a part of her and they help hide her maybe from this evil consultant man and there, we can still root for Skinner. We can still like Skinner. We can still even like Chalmers, and we can like all the teachers because they are—they can't help it. They will get fired if they don't do what this consultant says. However, they have—they can—they can hash the secret plan with Lisa, where she can be revealed at this big event that the consultant is hosting, where he presents the math award to lisa she reveals oh it's a girl i'm a girl and i did fine at math and and in front of this huge crowd of people not just students i would say you have a crowd of springfieldites springfieldians and she says this is why i am like this and we should try and do better etc etc and then the town collectively uh pinpoints this evil consultant man as the reason for all of this and they do something embarrassing to him. That's it. That's, That's my episode. It. Easy peasy. I, I honestly have very little in additions to, uh, that works perfectly for me. Because you get rid of the whole, oh, Lisa likes math, but not the way that the girls are teaching. It. So you don't have to worry about, oh, how would girls like to learn math? You just say, oh, they don't get it anymore. And I mean, that feels very draconian. Uh, but that's the way to make it very obvious Uh which is apparently something the Simpsons really prize in this period of their history. Well, the problem is, Matt, like, there's no, like, I don't know what the subtle, like, this is them trying to be subtle. That's what this is, I think, because I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that because I have no idea what they're saying. I don't know who, what is Upfoot? What does she represent? Like, what is, because all I can tell is she's like, she's this fake represent, representation of like this hoity toity, wishy washy, touchy feely type of person. That isn't real, and I don't know, like, why, but why is she the representative of the other side of this? Like, is this what they think is going to happen if they let girls learn math alone? That all the teachers, there are plenty of women who can teach math just like, you know, here's how math works. Like, I had, I went to college, there were women math teachers. Like, I don't know what this, I don't, like, I feel like sometimes the people in this writer's room haven't gone outside, like, have you left your apartment? Like, I don't know what you, like, have you existed in the world? Like, that's sometimes a question I have. Like, in 2006 or 2004 or 05, whenever you're writing this episode, like, did you, like, I don't know what's going on. Um, But that's, if you want to do this plot, Matt, like, I don't know, you want to make it stupid. Like, that's the thing. You make it very big and obvious and dumb. Like, think about Homer versus 18th Amendment. You just enact prohibition in a town and Homer becomes a bootlegger. Yeah. Yeah, it's really dumb and big, but it works. Like, do that and not this, like, mishmash of garbage and a peat bog. I, like, I don't want to describe a Simpsons episode as a peat bog. And yet. And yet, here we are. All right. Let's move on, Matt. Two. 
Our next segment is time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Um, very divisive opinions on this, Matt, among our listeners, among our patrons. Um, first from Brian. I'm not here to speak on the quality of Girls Just Want to Have Sums. I am here to speak about how stellar the Itchy and Scratchy stage musical segment is. As a theater person, I love seeing such a loving rift of iconic musicals. I find myself singing Circle of Knife to myself quite frequently. See, they're out, they're out there, Matt. They do like, some people like that, the Itchy and Scratchy stuff. I'm sure there are some people out there. They're right here. It's Bri- not me. Mr. M- Mr. Brian Green right here. Um, a, the- oh, yeah. a theater teacher himself. Um from Charles. I have some serious issues with this very forced, very clumsy attempt to get the main story rolling. The dialogue for Skinner is awful. It's not that Skinner having sexist preconceptions is necessarily out of character, although we've seen little in the past to suggest such leanings, but the dialogue is stilted and poorly delivered. No one talks the way Skinner does here, and it's a blatantly artificial attempt to incite the central conflict of the episode. Amen. That's what I'm saying. In fact, this incredibly condescending depiction of girl power is a recurring plot line that I've noticed. A male character says something sexist. Female character attempts to prove them wrong and is more of an excuse to punish males in general for his comment because they're so focused on punished men, they fail in their endeavor, thus proving the sexist right. I'm not sure, but I feel like the sexism is unintentional. Writers simply don't know how the hell to make feminism look good. Nevertheless, I think these episodes do more harm rather than good for the cause, since they perpetuate the same old preconceptions people have about feminists, except they, they act like this is a positive portrayal of them. I very that is an excellent description of this what this is. Like they want to they want to do the right thing, but they just shoot themselves in the foot over and over again. And they don't know how. I like take one women's studies class, guys. That's like literally, just take one. I don't know if they did. Um, from Tim, I'll, I'll start off by saying that if an episode has to start with an inciting incident, the Itchy and Scratchy musical is a pretty decent way of accomplishing this. I wonder if at any point it was in contention to be a standalone episode. Well, not in season 17. That would require over 20 minutes of writing. <laughs> Burn! <laughs> oh. uh, but seriously, this wasn't half bad. Yes, Skinner comes off as being a bit out of touch about how to relate to women. That's pretty consistent with his character. There's been many a public figure who one way or another gets themselves into these situations and just digs deeper when they try to escape. Can overlook the stereotyping this episode because it's kind of the point, even if the results of separation aren't as quite as extreme as portrayed. As I do think we're supposed to, be under- to understand it's something of an exaggeration. Lisa surviving by... Picking on the weakest is a form of survival all of us have had to unfortunately deal with at some point in our lives. Also copped getting a pretty big laugh out of the cartoon character yelling, 27! Uh, I'm going to place this just ahead of a Bart episode where he takes on a societal norm, Bart vs. Thanksgiving, and project this to be number 199, which would allow season 17 to have a higher peak than season 1. Krusty Gets Busted is currently number 206 overall. I think I have some bad news for you, Tim. Yeah, I think just watching this episode feels like, okay... This is a little muddled, and the entity is kind of weak. Uh, but you know, it it had a thought of what it wanted to be, and it it added some of that to this episode. But then, the more you talk about it, the more you realize just how clumsy and half-hearted it is. Um, from Derek, another lifeless outing, kind of like the girl who slept too little. The tone of the story is very jejun and babyish. I don't. I, that's a word. I don't know, Matt. That's a, let me. Well, I'm gonna. What jejun? Jejun. I've never uh, naive, really? naive, oh. naive, simplest, and superficial. Superficial. I just heard that on Frasier. That makes perfect sense. Uh, but it, <laughs> that is, it is. A, I like the word though. Um, jejun and babyish. 
I also don't know what they're trying to say about sexism and feminism. Do they know what they're trying to say? Are they trying to say anything? All in all, another lackluster, boring waste of time. Also, the title sucks. Yes, it does. <laughs> I agree. Uh, from Benjamin. As far as sticking to the plot, including some decent jokes, this episode stands well above the rest of season 17. The content, content though, seems confused about what it wants to say. The fact that there is a spectrum across people that both male, males and females can land anywhere on is never a consideration. This episode is more concerned about with what it perceives as two extremes that people fall into by sex, and it is no better than the people it is trying to judge at assigning roles. Trying to judge every viewpoint leaves no one satisfied. In the end, it seems they waded into an issue they couldn't sort out. You can feel that they really did try with this one, and that is worth something in this dreary season. I do agree with that. Uh, yeah. From JJ, well, far from perfect, this is one of the better episodes of season 17. The Itchy and Scratchy musical was a pretty good inciting incident. Appreciated that the episode had one plot, which didn't derail partway through. And let's face it, the minimal Homer screen time helped a lot. While I enjoyed Lisa going on to recover as a boy, this episode's theme is somewhat muddled and unclear. There are several jokes and lines which have not aged well, but that's sadly par for the course of season 17. Isn't it weird how episodes made in the 2000s have aged worse than episodes made in the 90s? Is literally what you're it just is. just it's, what, it's you, like the, they, what you were just they saying, Matt. Stupid crap. Yeah, I don't know. They kind of phoned it in with the ending too. There's no real resolution. The school is still segregated, and Skinner doesn't have his job back. Lisa's speech exemplifies just how confused the episode was on was on what exactly he was trying to say regarding girls and boys and education. Fortunately, Lisa feels in character, and overall, the episode is funny. Really like Marge's line. Since then, I've never been able to do any of the calculus I've encountered in my daily life. While the random twenty-seven is probably the hardest I've laughed all season due to catching me off guard. Um, finally, from Lauren, I struggled with this episode. Appreciate that there were consequences for Skinner's sexist remarks, but why was he publicly giving the directors flowers? Doesn't matter. The premise of the episode was interesting with the separation of boys from girls. However, I was personally offended by this episode. What made me angry was the girls' math class, really? No women by nature are more in the touch with emotions, but just hell no. If you need Lisa to go to the boys' side, then why not have them offer an advanced class that girls don't have due to the lack of interest? Plus, saying women are bad science, so let me tell you as a female scientist my feelings about that. Forensic scientists dominated by women, so that's wrong. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, are they for that? Are they against it? I don't know, Lauren. Um, also, there was no ending. Bart's comment pointed the end of the episode didn't make sense to me. He helped Lisa fit in so she wouldn't be, be beaten up. Not because she was struggling at math. Plus, you know that the show will go back to the status quo because it's The Simpsons. But no reason is given as to why it will. The opening was great. There's some good jokes and one plot. I also like that Bart and Marge helped Lisa with the Jake persona personally attacked but i also realized it was a season 17 episode so i didn't allow myself to get too upset we'll say it's one of the better season 17 episodes but that's not saying much i really like our, our list our listeners are now like i was personally attacked by this episode it's okay for season 17 <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a pretty low bar it's like i was personally attacked but it's better than the rest i mean i kind of feel aggrieved by any of these episodes at this point where you're just like yeah. That they exist is too much. Oh, thank you guys, all of our patrons who leave those reviews, watch this terrible episode with us. Uh, despite how, whatever you think about it, we I appreciate the time you guys take uh, to leave these reviews. Very cogent, very intelligent. That's what I say about our patrons, especially all our listeners in general. Very yes. intelligent people, Matt. Very smart. They're the best for listening to us because they're so smart. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. 
<gasps> Yellow? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? Our listener question this week is, what is your favorite movie that takes place on water? Kind of, I, I, I think I mentioned, I think I said ocean in our last, I was just like, whatever, water. Lakes work too. Lakes are fine. Rivers. Lakes. Brooks. Seas. Uh, I believe someone uses a water park in one of their answers. Hey, water's there. I'm fine with that. Uh, Matt, take it away. All right. Uh, first up, we've got Alexander. Uh, Master and Commander, far side of the world. I doubt I will be alone. Mm, almost sorry. Almost assure you will not be. Sorry. Sorry. Well, unless Matt is answering Master and Commander, I'm sorry, Alexander. Really? No wow. Else. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I think it intimidates people. Period. A period film, That's I fair. think it intimidates people. Okay. Okay. Uh, from Brandon, The Perfect Storm is a bit of a forgotten movie that does a really good job of tear- tearing the story of fishermen and why they might end up at sea during a major storm. Must be telling. Um, from Alex, Speed 2, Cruise Control. I kid, I kid. My real answer is the classic The Abyss. Uh, from Andy, it's a tie between Jaws and Men of Honor. I'm not sure I'm familiar with Men of Honor. Men, of, are you? Men of Honor is the uh, early uh, diving men. It's, I, b- I believe, the like mil- military early, early. I want to say it's Cuba Gooding Jr. in there. Cuba Gooding Jr. and, and Ed. Uh, oh, what's his name? Ed. I can't remember his name. Ed. Oh, it's not Ed. It's not. It's Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro and Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I was thinking of uh, Ed Harris is what I was thinking of. Uh, but well, he was Ro- in the abyss, right? It, he is in the abyss. De Niro okay. is in Men of Honor. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, from Warren, Jaws, the movie and ride at Universal terrified me when I was younger. It wasn't until I watched it as an adult that I could truly enjoy it. Plus, I have a great appreciation for John Williams, and with only a few notes, he made a truly terrifying villain song that is immediately recognizable, even if, according to Robbie, he stole it from Mahler. He, he, I, okay. I'm not. Hey, I'm not going to say that he's a bad composer because he stole from Mahler. I'm I all artists steal. I'm just saying mm-hmm. it, you need to acknowledge that I that Mahler also exists. I just want to get attention for Mahler. Go listen to Gustav Mahler. Okay. If you like classical music, go listen to Mahler. He was great. All right, fair enough. All right, from Tim, back before he went off the deep end, see what he did there, Tom Clancy wrote a good number of thrillers featuring Jack Ryan. One's mileage may vary as to whether Alec Baldwin or Harrison Ford was the better Ryan, but I don't think there's any doubt that Baldwin as Ryan was better than his Simpsons appearance. Oh, boy, you you are not lying about that. Uh, but his appearance in The Hunt for Red October was astounding. Actually, that whole movie is pretty amazing and arguably Sean Connery's best famous non-James Bond role. Um, I mean, ex- I would go with Highlander, but sure, excuse yeah. Excuse me, Zardoz? Oh, don't. Not Zardoz. Uh, come on. It's obviously uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's his best non-James Bond role. Son, they Robbie got us. silence when he agrees. I do agree. I love Last Crusade is my favorite Indiana Jones movie. I'm not going to disagree with you. Yeah. All right. Uh, from Rich, the first one that sprang to my mind was Ang Lee's Life of Pi. It might not be everyone's speed, but I love the book and the movie. From Hoffa, what are, you, what, break, what, are you, what are you laughing about, man? What's the, what are you chuckling? Point break. I'm laughing about point break. Okay. Uh, the beach football scene alone is worth the price of admission. Who plays tackle p- pickup football under center? So amazing. You are not kidding. Hey, point break's great. Uh, from, point break's a great from movie. Our good friend, Andrew Bloom, uh, friend of the show. Apocalypse Now it isn't exactly fun, but who boy is it great? Okay. You don't uh, like Apocalypse, Matt? Matt? Okay, Matt, have you seen Apocalypse Now? I, I've seen the first half. We've been over this. No, that I was not, not seen the second half. No, that was Full Metal Jacket. Those are different movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we did. Uh, yeah, my bad, my bad. I have not seen Apocalypse Now at all. It's a good movie. 
I don't know if I would call it great, but that's yeah. mostly because it's incredibly dark. It's, I mean, have you read Heart of Darkness? I have read Heart of Darkness. Okay, then that's it's it's Heart of Darkness, but in Vietnam, that's literally what Apocalypse. Right. Is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from at Hippie Two Hundred. Well, it mostly takes no, no, place Matt, underwater. No, you, you missed one, Matt. You skipped one. Nope, sorry. I, from at Wastecast. First Pirates of the Caribbean is solid, but I recently watched Underwater, and it is a very Lovecraft-esque horror that I wish I'd got more attention when it released. Sadly, it was another film that lost out to COVID. Oh, that's sad. I need to. I need to. Oh, that sounds I, it's, familiar. Underwater is on my list. It is a. It is a horror. It is a horror movie on the bottom of the ocean. I'm uh, gonna like it. I don't care. Oh yeah, I really wanted to see that. I yeah, it's to... on my list. I'm. I'm going to see it. All right. Uh, from Hippie 200, correctly this time. Well, it mostly takes place underwater, but my favorite is the West German film Das Boot that tells the story of a crew of Nazi soldiers aboard a submarine during the Second World War. It's a harrowing yet beautifully made film, but I would not recommend it to claustrophobics, which is why I will never, ever see Das Boot. Are you claustrophobic, Matt? I am incredibly claustrophobic. Have you ever seen The Descent? I have not. Okay. One of those movies I'm just not going to see. It's, it's easier of, that way. It's full of people being crammed in, t- in tiny caves. So, no, absolutely not <laughs> under any circumstances. Okay. Uh, from at, yes, it's Aaron. Jaws is the obvious choice, but I will use artistic license and say the way, the way, way back as it is set at a water park. Great coming of age story. Okay. That sounds interesting. Uh, from at El Columbia 88. What about Bob? It takes place on a lake. <laughs> it does. Okay. It does. Uh, what about, I, uh... what about Bob? It's the stupidest movie, but it is funny. <laughs> I can't, yeah. can't disagree. Uh, uh, from at Groshans, Kevin, the Poseidon Adventure. I watched it before going on any cruise. Robbie, what is yours? She's got a no sold that last one, man. I watched it. The, the going on, a, going on, watching the Poseidon Adventure before you go on cruises. Well, uh, you're seeing what is the worst that could happen to you. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, a, I'm not particularly positive. Kevin is just joshing us, but that's fine. My answer is yeah. very boring, but it is Jaws. I love Jaws. It is a incredible film maybe still one of spielberg's best um it i think adequately captures the terror of the ocean uh of being far out without that hope without rescue and having to salvage and do it do what you need to do on your own um and i don't know it's great it's kind of boring a lot of people love jaws uh what's your answer man yeah also jaws uh it is definitely boring in certain parts that seem to me well, not, to not, drag. I'm not but... going to say the movie's boring. I say my answer is boring. I don't think Jaws is boring. Oh, is boring. Matt <laughs> thinks all movies are boring, so don't take his word as gospel. That's true. That is definitely true. Uh, but it's honestly uh, just overall really interesting. Uh, it, it's it's a great story. Uh, it, it, I hate that there are so many stories with inept people in charge of something that ignore a problem until it gets too big. But the older I get, the more I realize that's just the way the world works. Everyone wants to ignore the big problems until it's too late. E.g. Yep. climate change. Each, I mean, works. Matt, you could, I could, you could list 400 things in like, uh, e- quite easily off the top of your head that people have problems that people yeah. ignore until it's too late. There's many, 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 many of them. I encounter them every day. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles is a great movie. Next week's question to honor, Frances McDormand, who's a great actress. Uh, what is your favorite Frances McDormand movie? Uh, oh boy, that's, that's gonna be a tough yeah. One. yeah I'm, I'm gonna have to think about that a bit. Um, she's in lots of great movies. Um, I'll post this question on our social media, Twitter at Simpson Show Pod. You can email us at simpsonshowpod at gmail.com. 
and I posted a question on our Patreon, uh, Patreon on our Patreon at uh, oh boy, I posted on our Patreon, which is at Patreon.com/slash The Simpson Show. Uh, I posted it publicly, so you can answer it uh, without being a supporter. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean S M A R R T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt has, like, a nearly insurmountable lead on me with, like, four episodes to go. Uh, I'm not very uh, hopeful about my chances for the rest of the season, but I'm going to try. Matt, are you ready for an easy question? I am ready, sir. These are from Lisa versus Malibu Stacy. An episode that much better, much better does an example of Lisa uh, dealing with um, women being marginalized than this episode does. Your easy question, what is the name of the new doll sold by Lisa? Oh, that is uh, Lisa Lionheart. That is correct. Alrighty. All of your questions today, Robbie, are from separate vocations. I love separate vocations. I know. It's like it was going easy on you or something. Well, now it's going to be more embarrassing when I get all these questions wrong. Yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to make your life worse every possible way I can. I know, I know. All right. Uh, your easy question. What criminal almost runs Bart down in an alley in separate vocations? A snake? You are correct. With a, It's a dramatic commercial break. It um, is. The, which the Simpsons really don't do. Very much, honestly. Now that you think about no. it, you really don't do that cliffhanger commercial breaks very often. Um, your main question, Matt: What three lines does Krusty say in the recording studio? Um, okay, he says, uh, "Hey, hey, it's talking Krusty." Uh, he says, "Hey, look, it's sideshow Mel, sideshow Mel," because he says it wrong. And then he goes, <laughs> "Bada bing, bada boom, I'm out." All right, Krusty, we're ready to record. <laughs> Wait, where'd he go? <laughs> I'll give you, I'm going to give you a point, Matt. Oh, what did I get wrong? I'm going to give you a point because you were close. You got the laugh. Obviously, the laughter is right. And you were close uh-huh. on both the other ones, but you missed a couple words here and there. Uh, it's, hey, hey, kids, I'm talking crusty. Oh. And then the second one is, hey, hey, here comes. Si-, well, he goes, hey, hey, here comes slideshow Mel. Wait, 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 wait. Sideshow Mel, sideshow Mel. And then he, then he laughs and then he's gone. But it's, hey, hey, here comes Sideshow. Here comes Sideshow Mel. All right, fine. But I'll give you a point. That's not bad. Okay. You get partial credit. All right, your medium question. What is the mascot of Springfield Elementary? The Puma. You are correct. Uh Uh-oh. I almost said, oh, no, I got a medium question right. It's the world. The world is going to. You're a point up on me so far. Oh, today. Okay, your hard question, Matt. Um, In the Malibu Stacy close out bin what three malibu stacy's do we see the close out bin okay at the um, toy store there is like the bargain okay, bin. Yeah, yeah. um oh god well what is it uh there's achy breaky stacy there is live from the improv stacy the third one and... is by far the hardest because they do not say i know it. i know because i don't think they say it they don't you only see it oh god i have no idea what the last one is <laughs> the third one is incredible I wish you got a better shot of it. It is Crackpot Stacy. And it has Stacy wearing an illumin like uh like the uh the Illuminati triangle with an eyeball hat. 
Wow. It's great. I love it. Uh, two out of three, Matt. Uh, sorry, that's not going to get you any points on a hard question. Not for a hard question. All right, your hard question, which isn't really that hard, but mm. you know, I'm going easy on you this week. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, what is the full name of the test that Bart and Lisa take? Oh, no. I don't, I don't know this. Um, I know it's like, it is like a, some sort of, I know like it starts with like a group, like, a, or some association or organizations, blah, 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 you know, vocational test or something. Um, and it has a really stupid acronym, but I don't know. I'm going to say the New Hampshire, New Hampshire career boards vocational tests or something i don't know i'm sorry robbie it is the career aptitude normalizing test or can't there you go career aptitude normalizing test can't that's pretty good see that's 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 not bad matt see that's a clever little subtle thing yeah where at first glance it's not a joke it seems normal and then you look at it and you go oh acronyms can't i get it you know, it's like that little, like, oh, yeah, I get it. But that's unfortunately, we don't, we don't really do those kinds of jokes anymore in The Simpsons. Um, man, separate vocations. I love separate vocations. Oh, rebellious Lisa. Uh, I got, I gained a single point on that. So that's, uh, unfortunately, if I keep up that pace, I am certainly going to lose. Uh, I can't do that. I need to get full points every single week from here on out. Here on out and keep Matt down in the low, in the low points. That's probably always trying to keep me down. I mean, why, Matt, why do you think I'm doing this podcast? Do you think it's because I like <laughs> The Simpsons? It's not because I like No, it's because you want to see me fail. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's to hold you in place. Otherwise, you'd probably be like a, a like a like some world leader somewhere. You know, and you'd probably be in charge of things. But I, I keep you shackled. <laughs> That's true. That's what happens. All the time I spend on the podcast, I could be improving the world. But no, Robbie nope. has distracted me with The Simpsons. <laughs> yep, that's my, it's, it's my plan. I was hired by a, a an evil supervillain. All right, Matt. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Oh, boy. Oh, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know. What to, I don't know what to do with this thing. It's hard to figure out where to put it because it's just so, I don't know, like it, it's bad, but like compared to the rest of season 17, I'm just like, uh, like it's smarter in how bad it is. I think that's the thing that's tricky. Yes. Like it's, it's bad, but it's smarter than like in the, in a certain way. Um, what did, okay. So thankfully Google sheets has the, the filtering function. So we can see that the highest season 17 episode is 236. It is not it's that seemingly high. I, never it, is story. Not, it is not even that close. It is not. I don't. It is not as high. I know it's not better than that. It is not better than the last of the Red Hot Mamas. Um, I don't. Okay. Last week's episode, Matt. The wettest stories ever told. Okay. It's 258, it looks like. I would rather watch the wettest stories ever told. I think the wettest stories ever told is better than this. I would, too. This one just frustrates me is the problem. Yeah. There's a because lot. It's, it's so annoying. A lot of it is like, what's the, like, the things that stand out, obviously, are the the worst stuff and then the best stuff and the worst stuff is really bad uh you know the transphobic slurs at one point and uh chalmers assaulting a woman because eh, in for a penny in for a pound and uh you're like oh that's bad 
uh, I, there's no excuse for that. Um, but then there's also like, oh, there's actually scenes where cogent writing and things that make sense and laughs. I laughed at parts of this episode. Um, how do you balance that out? I don't know. I don't know. All right. Our lowest ranked season one episode, Matt, for what was a long time, the worst episode ever, is Homer's Odyssey at number 266. Is this better than Homer's Odyssey? I think I would rather see Homer's Odyssey again, quite frankly. Like, it is the worst season one episode by far, but... It's it's very... Episode... Homer's Odyssey is very... It's very bland and very, and very bad production quality. It is the worst animated Simpsons episode ever. Uh, I don't... There is no competition. Um, but is also... And it's sad. Like, it's very, like, maudlin, because Homer thinks about committing suicide. (laughs) But it's not mean. And it is not... it's honest. Like, Homer does contemplate suicide for what seems to be a... a, I don't want to say a silly reason, because it's never silly when suicide is involved, but a (sighs) simple problem. Uh, Yes. But... It's prob- just so honest with what's going on. Yeah, but it's not. It is it, it, like you said. It's not dishonest. I th- I think it is just not. A, it's not pleasant, really. But this episode, I think the worst outweighs a lot of the good in it. Um, and it's so like I I don't. I'm not going to rank this episode higher because I think it's interesting to discuss. Like I, we're watching these as like as a piece of art. How good is it? How well is it put together? And it's a muddled mess. Um, it's smarter than certain episodes, but it's certainly not. That doesn't make it better than them. Um, it's smarter than Homer's Odyssey, but Homer's Odyssey, I would still rather watch, I, and I think it's better uh, as a whole. Um, let's. I'm gonna jump down a little bit. Uh, let's say, Tale of Two Springfields. Tale of Two Springfields. Uh, isn't that the one with uh, the Who? It is the one with the Who. Where they split the town. Uh, sorry, the Hillbilly Bugger Boys. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Honestly, I'd rather watch that. Uh, I mean... I think you're right. We're getting closer now. What's that? I think you're right. I, I think, yeah. Um, I, I Like, this is where we're starting getting to stuff like that is just... That is... Direct, basically. Yeah, it's all a, all a mess. It's just a mess. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Uh going a little further down the list i think the one i would rather watch than this is another season 17 episode bart has two mommies uh right above that is mr spritz goes to washington which is dumb but i would rather watch it than this but i think i might watch this before bart has two mommies because it involves a chimp kidnapping bart and do i really need to say more than that (laughs) i literally how many weeks ago well like bart has two mommies what three weeks ago i've already like which one is that Oh, it's the monkey one. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think that is that's a good line in the sand for where does the stupid overtake? You know, where does this the 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 little bit of intelligence this episode has? Where does it overtake the stupid of other Simpsons episodes? And I think that's that's as good as place as any. Um, Bart is two mommies is terrible. It's real bad. Um, he is real bad. But like I, there's like that's there's fifty episodes below that. Sixty episodes below that, excuse yeah. me. Which just tells you this is where we're at, man. This is just Alright. Uh so let's 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 boop. let's insert 
one right there. It's a new number 285 on the list. Girls just want to have sums. What a bad title. Why do they do this to me? I have to assume at this point that they are they they did this on purpose to upset me. Not in any other way. It's a new number 285 overall. It's new number 94 on the post golden years ranking. First place is still Homer's enemy. Last place is Codependence Day, which may never be uh, overtaken as first place, but we'll see. Eh, you never know. Um, I'm not gonna. You, I, I've stopped trying to over, like underestimate like how bad Simpsons episodes could be this far, because uh, sometimes they just surprise you. Um, we have one other question though before we move on. That we have one question to answer, and that question is: Do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? Um, I want to say no. I want to say fire the cannon. I really do. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to are we firing things out of the cannon that don't add anything or are we waiting to only fire things that actively hurt the cannon? Because this doesn't actively hurt the cannon. It's stupid. It's poorly written. And I don't ever want to watch it again. But it's not like it actively harms the Springfield history. I mean... I think of it in greater terms than that, Matt. Like, not, oh, did the things in this episode happen? But if we are teaching The Simpsons, would you include this episode? Would this be part of the curriculum in a Simpsons class? If that's the standard, absolutely not. I mean, like, an, like, any, kind of... like anything. Not just like, oh, the episode as a whole. But like, when you mention certain parts of it, like if you want to reference oh, the Bart-Lisa relationship. Like there is, there are scenes in this that I think are good for the Bart Lisa stuff. They're very minor; they don't really make any sense. But I think their quality—that's where I'm debating. Like, is that worth keeping in for that, or do I just go, eh, whatever? There's plenty of great Bart Lisa episodes, better ones than this. We don't need to keep it. But there is still something there, I think, and I think there is something there that could be mine for a better episode. Does that mean? keep it mm. there's a lot of oh, bad there's a, a tough decision there's a lot of bad stuff yeah. in it though i'm just gonna say fire it i don't I, whatever i don't i don't like I don't, they use they use slurs in this i don't like that that's not good don't do that don't yeah. do that simpsons you know what we say we say fire the cannon Yeah, I mean, like, the, the Lisa stuff as a boy is cute at times, but uh, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth keeping around. Nope. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Uh, we can move up to the top list as we're working our way down. Speaking of itchy and scratchy, Matt, itchy and scratchy land. Number 57 in our list. I want this to be canon so bad, I'm willing to throw down over it. Throw down? Ooh. But throw I mean, down. I mean, are we going to act, are we saying that, like, the itchy and scratchy people are so wealthy that they made, like, a Jurassic Park-style island that's itchy and scratchy land, and that... Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. All right. Fair enough. I mean, I agree with you. It's a great episode, and I, like, it absolutely, like, it fits directly into what I just said. Like, would you teach itchy and scratchy land? Yeah, of course you would. It's an essential episode of The Simpsons. Uh, it, it, it doesn't really have, I think it's a little lower on the list than probably a lot of people would, but largely because it doesn't really have any character stuff in it. It is just a, a madcap adventure, you know, on a Jurassic Park, park style theme park. 
uh, Westworld slash Jurassic Park. Um, but it's still important. It's still f- super funny and holds up really well. Um, yeah, keep it. Don't fire the cannon. We're not going to probably fire the cannon for a while on these, but whatever. It's still no. important. It's, a, it's still an important discussion to have. Now, Matt, now we do. Now we're going to look. See what waits us next week. Our next oh, episode of The Simpsons. We have three episodes. We have three episodes left of season seventeen, Matt. So we're almost there. We're almost done with the season. It is regarding Margie. I don't like the sound of that. I, from what I can tell on Wikipedia, Marge gets amnesia and forgets that Homer exists. So it's like a fifty-first dates kind of thing. I don't know. But I've yeah I've never seen regarding Margie so I don't know. Uh, she gets amnesia, forgets to she forgets Homer exists and get doesn't like him anymore. Uh, oh okay. yeah, I remember this episode. It's oh, uh, it's great. It's an episode you were gonna say is great, right? It is absolutely wonderful, Robbie. I'm so excited for you to finally see it. Watch this incredible episode. Awesome. That's what I wanted to hear. Okay. Um. Uh. That'll do it for us. Long episode where I. I told you it was an autopsy, Matt. What did I say? I need to get a scalpel yep. out. Um, what do we do? We say that the, the, the stuff, all the stuff that you want from us, it's on our website. It's the simpsonshow.com. It has links to the, our Twitter, our RSS feed, and a link to our Patreon if you want to help out the show. We'd love to, for you to do that. Uh, you know, all those things. Do those things. They're great. We love them. Um, I'm online. I'm on Twitter. At Robbie Dorman. That's my name. My website is also my name. It's RobbieDorman.com. Uh, you, if you, the, you listen to that spiel at the very beginning of this episode, there's a little, a little pl- plug for my next upcoming horror novel, Death Rattle. It's about, uh, a aging Texan defending his town from greedy vampires. It is my favorite novel yet that I've written, and I'd love for you to go pre-order it. The link is in the show notes. Um, uh, so go do that. I'd love, I'd love for you to do that. It'd be great. You'd be my best friend. Uh, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That is accurate. I am just a great big content sponge. I don't contribute anything except raising little kittens and helping to spread the love of kittendom throughout the world. So if you want to see the adorable kittens that I am caring for day and night, you can check out Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. And you can see some adorable kittens who... Well, the ones we have right now are great because they just sit there and sleep all day and occasionally look cute. Uh, give it like three weeks and it will be a nightmare hellscape involved in cute things. I mean, the problem, the, the best thing about following them on Instagram Matt, is I get to see the cute kittens. I never have to take care of them. I can just look at them. <sighs> if only, if only. You should go adopt those cats, though. That is, an, uh, I mean, I from what I can tell, those cats get adopted real easily. I don't know. All those kittens got taken real they fast. Do because they're incredibly cute. Yeah. And despite how much I, I, I grouse, they are incredibly adorable and fun to have around. And they get cute names. One of them is named Rangoon. Yep. Rangoon, Dumpling, uh, Bao. Uh, there's what I'm missing. Uh, Egg roll? And Mama Gyoza. Egg roll, of course. How could you forget Egg roll? I, I it's hard to remember. Every time I cuddle them, I get hungry thinking about their names. So I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode.